0: Hi, welcome to Occupy Health with Dr. Susan. Here we want to give the listener information on health so we can all be proactive in making ourselves more healthy. I mean, it's not that we're sick or not, but moving toward optimal health. There's not one clear cutoff that, oops, we're on this side of the line, we own a disease. Oops, we're on the other side of the line. We're safe and well. It doesn't work that way. There's a continual progression of uh, the body going in a certain direction, which, with the help of functional medicine, you can learn ahead of time which way your body's going, so you can take steps to get it going back toward optimal. So, one of the things that weighs heavily in our health is our environment uh, what we consume, um, toxins, electromagnetic fields even toxic friends, perhaps. So our environment is very important. So EMF is something that um, we all should be aware of. I mean, you can listen to my interviews of Lena Poo and Guy Hudson and Deborah Davis, etc. It does come with certain health risk, and many people are not aware. So what do we do about this? Well, my approach is let's educate people so they know. Other people have different approaches, uh, and we have one such person, um, with us today. With us we have Karen Kestrel. She's half Norwegian and grew up in Sussex among ponies, chickens, ducks, and dogs. Sounds wonderful. She lives in, she lived in Norway for six years in her early childhood where she enjoyed skiing to school and building igloo dens. She now lives in Berkshire with her husband David and her two sons, their four rescued dogs and the cat. She's lucky enough to be spotted by a modeling scout in London in the 80s, so enjoy the unintentional successful career as a model. However, on hanging up her stilettos at age 26, she found herself unemployable with no real qualifications and only an eye for design, ability to draw. Her entrepreneurial spirit kicked off and she set up her own design and property marketing bidges, which went in to win an industry award. When her sons came along, she decided to change her work-life balance and started to do property refurbishment to fit around looking after her son in their school days. She's happiest when walking her dog, splashing in puddles, and singing in the rain. Well, she says, that's what you, when you get to see the rainbow. Great. She's a passionate mental health and well-being campaigner. But she recently wrote a book. Off the Hook, which you can find on Amazon, which describes her approach of what to do with EMF, what to do with the stresses and challenges of modern life, and how to make her life work better for her, and maybe perhaps for the planet. So welcome, Karen.
1: Hello, Dr. Susan. Lovely to be here.
0: Okay. Well, you wrote a book, Off the Hook. So tell me what that's about and what motivated you to do that.
1: Well, it came down to my own health, um... You know, I'm a mother of teenagers now. Um, I, you know, run busy business. I've got a, a full life, and um, I'd been doing mindfulness for about three years. And you know, with mindfulness, you start to learn about the chimp brain and to notice what you're up to. And I noticed that I was getting horribly stressed, and the stress would happen first thing in the morning uh, to last thing at night. So I then realised that my biggest trigger was my mobile phone. And it got worse and worse. Um, I actually didn't link it with my dizziness bouts. For nearly a year, I suffered with, um, I had three big bouts of dizziness where um, I collapsed and literally you lie down and you feel dizzy, you stand up and you feel dizzy. I've since learnt <laughs> that was a side effect with um, the EMF that I've, I'm coming on to learn about now. Um, but through just taking responsibility for my own health, And also wanting to not be this stressed drama dealer, which is what I was completely turning into. And the cortisol levels in my body, I could actually feel, you know, I'm one of those people that take all the stress in the neck. Um, So literally, it happened as if the universe gave me this idea. On New Year's Eve, it was like, right, what am I going to give up as everyone does on New Year's Eve? And um, it just came straight into my head. Mobile phone. Can you do it? I don't know. Are you going to try? Of course I am. And that was it. Um, And off I set to see, one, is it doable? Um, And also, the other reason behind it, it wasn't just about me. It was also, I was getting very saddened by um, my children, my sons. You know, the connection had gone somewhat. Um, They were always bent down, their heads bent to their screens. And I just thought, you know what? I'll show them it is doable. And then if I can do it, anyone can do it.
0: So you were mentioning your stress levels and cortisol and stuff. So um, are you connecting the cell phone with your stress levels and cortisol? Is that due to the scientific data that's there or just the impact it it has on getting on a treadmill of life?
1: I love that, the treadmill of life. Um, I call it the digital hamster wheel. I'm specifically not good with technology. Um, and also I've, I've been working with energy you know how you notice people you talk to certain people and they're just lovely to be around because they just fill you with positivity and you know you walk away from them feeling good and yet when you say connected to somebody else and I'm talking perhaps in real life too you go mm. so it was a time to edit much of my life and take a real look at who was doing what to who, and was I really a drama diva? But I have to say I did notice that every time I heard a ping from that mobile phone, that was me going sky high on cortisol. And when I sat in the EMF um, talk in Sussex back in the summer where I joyously met you afterwards, um, I was taking my notes down and I realised that my year living without a mobile phone probably had saved my life because i'm looking at my handwritten notes here on my notepad from the conference with all the symptoms that da- written down and i think there are only about 3 or 4 that i don't have on this list of about 15
0: well it's interesting that you mentioned the energy of people because that is so real you can feel the energy i see people as either expanding or contracting and when they're expanding they're giving out love and positivity to the planet, which is what I sensed when I met you or contracting is that they're doing something else. So that's very interesting because I do believe everybody has energy and I do believe they admit certain things. And I do believe that some of us pick it up like sponges, which is very confusing as a child because we have no idea what's going on. Mm-hmm. But um, you, um, you said that you're talking about cortisol. So you, um, My understanding of cortisol is when stress goes up, cortisol goes up and then that leads us down the path of inflammation, oxidative stress and leading toward every bad possible disease, autoimmune disease, insulin resistance, diabetes. So stress in the research and the literature has been connected with every disease. I used to, you know, anyway. So um, this is very important. It's all in the literature. So you're saying that the stress Of the cortisol, you could feel you had physical symptoms and you had an energy change right away.
1: Yes, because, you know, I was just being a human lab rat at the beginning and I was doing it through feeling in my heart it was wrong for me and feeling it because I just needed to find out what was going on. Um, and, you know, if I could rule out the phone after that, it wasn't the phone, I'd move on to something else. But the effects were so quick, so instant, that um, it overtook any pitfalls that were in inconvenience in a day. I mean, within three weeks, I slept through the night, which I hadn't done in a long while. Gosh, I made myself sound like a baby there, I slept through the night. Um, but, you know, that it doesn't sound, well, you know how important sleep is, and I now delight in being able to sleep and i am a different person because i can part of that is not only not using the phone but you know we don't have uh, lights on in the bedroom anymore um you know i became very hypersensitive quite quickly to noise i noticed my tolerance you know um i regained sensitivity and no dizziness headaches were disappearing. And one of the funny things, well, I noticed because obviously at my age, uh, um, which is 50 plus, um, you know, you wonder if it is the menopause because there are many symptoms that are the same. Um, and so the loss of when I learned at the EMF conference, when they talked about confusion and fatigue um, and this short term memory loss, I mean, Half of me was laughing, but half of me was going, Eureka, get in there. This is, you know, I've now not got that.
0: Well, yes, there's a lot of research showing that these symptoms do occur with cell phone use. There have been studies, uh, apparently, that if you use a cell phone or an EMF, your heartbeat can go way up and then you turn the EMF down and it goes away. There have been studies showing that EMF, It interferes with intercellular uh, communication. Um, It can affect the calcium channels. I mean, it can affect how your cells talk to each other. It also can open up the gut barrier, which, as we've had many lectures here, is essential for health. And Mm. the breakdown of a healthy gut barrier is the start of a leak. Uh, going toward many diseases including autoimmune diseases but worse than that it opens up the blood brain barrier and when that happens any creepy crawlies or anything goes into your brain and so we could have brain fog and all sorts of symptoms but worse than that there have been a lot of studies on emf that obviously if you got short-term symptoms like this Perhaps we don't even notice them because we're in a world of so much stress and things going on that we probably don't even notice. But there have been studies on the long-term effects of EMF. For example, Hardell studies in Stockholm connected um, the amount of cell phone use in kids with uh, acoustic neuromas and the very deadly glioblastoma. Uh, Suleiman, very interesting in Turkey, as well as Hugh Taylor at Yale in U.S., did studies that he put a cell phone near a pregnant abdomen. There are brain changes in the offspring. There's been even complaints of people in the U.S. embassies overseas, such as China, if you saw the CBS uh, 60 Minutes, saying that they've got brain problems they can't. Diagnosed, so there are serious health effects. But I think Olia Hanson mentioned that like in Sweden, is about five percent of the people who are EMF EMF sensitive, and they do have these symptoms. But I think all, a lot of us are being affected. We're just too busy to notice it. <laughs> I can I hear your pages change changing, <laughs> Karen. You're very busy over there.
1: Oh, I'm so so sorry. Oh, um, you'll hear
0: You you and the whole audience will hear it too. I do it all the time. Okay. OK, well,
1: that 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 sort of is um, that leads on from you saying we are all so busy. And in fact, that's a lesson to myself of not going out of the moment. And although I was listening to you, yes, I did turn pages because it reminded me of what Dr. Arazi said um, about EMF when I heard him saying, oh, there is a safe handset but he never went on to tell us what it was. So I sort of followed him out to the loo and tackled him and said, excuse me, what is it? Because you haven't said it yet. Is there a safe handset so that I can tell people about it? And he went, oh, no, no, there isn't. No, no, you just have to use it well away." From your body, uh, you know, and so yeah, I've gone out of the moment, and you see what confusion that that's caused to me. And I'm sorry if I've taken us off track.
0: No, you haven't. I mean, um, I tend to wander all over the place, so don't worry, it's all good. It's just all to get your message out and help the audience. Not a problem. Now, also. Poor sleep is also an effect of EMF. And as Karen said, she, she noticed a change in her sleep. Now, all the research shows how important sleep is to our health because, for example, as Mark Houston would say, there's like 400 risk factors for cardiovascular disease. And I'm sure Dale Bradison will agree that it's the same for Alzheimer's. But sleep is one of them. Poor sleep will set off the whole chain of inflammation, oxidative stress, and set you down the path toward ill health I mean there have been many studies and many people that say that sleep is a good poor sleep is a risk factor for every disease imaginable so that's just the fact that you're sleeping better I mean is good I mean poor sleep has been associated with depression you know could be even causative so sleep is very important so um, and anyway so what was your uh, what was your challenge in doing this
1: Um. I wanted to see if it was possible in this day and age um, because it seems that everyone has a phone now. That's what it seems. I don't know the statistics on it, but we look around and we can all say 99% of people have a have a cell phone. Um, but I really wanted to show... Not only to myself, but to my children, that it was possible. Um, and within a month, after they realised I was mum was serious and not just on mum planet, um, I got a huge response from them in the fact that when we were together, they knew that was their opportunity to talk to me, and that when we weren't together, that was it. So. They took that opportunity of being able to just quickly check in with me and saying, you know, you are picking me up from school tonight at seven or, you know, they didn't just grunt and disappear out of the car as I dropped them off at school, um, which was the usual. And then later pick up the mobile phone and go, oh, mom, I forgot my sports kit. Can you come and bring it? You know, it brings the children into the moment. It makes makes them realize they've got to think ahead they've got to have life skills that I believe the mobile phone is encouraging them to not have so what do you believe how do you
0: believe that the cellular phones and all this texting etc is affecting our younger folks or their brains or their development of personalities
1: well I do a questionnaire um which I, and my questionnaire, I've had responses between um, 18 year olds. No, sorry, 13 year olds to 83 year olds. And I have had to add into this questionnaire because I'm not a scientist. So I haven't done the research, you know, as thoroughly. I've just done it as a mum and a human experiment. Um, so I've added in the question, when did you get your phone? And that seems to be the key difference between how people see their relationship as healthy with their phone. Or not. And, um, you know, we've got a generation or I've got a generation in my household that are, you know, more or less first frontline generation on this digital deluge. Um, and they've so therefore they're pretty OK with it. Sometimes, though, when I've got people answering who are around the 35, 40 mark, they're horrified. Well, they 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 got their phone so late now that they're horrified when they're hearing that the children are getting them, well, pretty early, as early as 11, if not younger. But um, I won't go younger than that. But yeah, so it does depend when you're given the phone as to how they're affected. And as we know, you and I, from having seen the scans on the brains from a five-year-old, a, 15, a 10-year-old, and a 15-year-old, how that radio wave gets through that thin skull and or well, then it gets obviously formed as it gets older and it gets more protection. It's incredibly worrying that we must get the safeguards out there for everyone to know how to use these mobiles as safely as they can. Yes, there are.
0: So you can go online and, you know, I mean, the peop- the telecommunications industry would say, well, we're only worried about thermal effects. And I get a plastic head and they fill it with a fluid and say, oh, no problem here. However, most of the effects from cell phones are not thermal. And um, you, there are pictures, I mean, a kid, their head is small, their skull is thin, but... Even worse than that, their cells are rapidly changing. So you can have an adult near a cell phone, and it might—you know—the radiation might only go two, three inches into his brain. You have a child on a cell phone; it can go through the entire head. So there could be some biological effects from that. But and So what? What? What is your theory? Um, how it affects the brain and the personality. Uh, depending on the age that the child gets a cell phone?
1: Well, a lot of the students that I've been talking to at schools, because I've just started doing talks now and um, showing people that it's possible, and after the talks, these kids that have been coming up to me to chat, they've generally been in in the region of 13 to 15-year-olds. They are finding that, especially in boarding schools, like, you have boarding schools in America, right, where the kids stay there all the week. <laughs> I, don't, um, they, I don't know. I, that's not a world <laughs> I'm aware of. Okay. So they really are, rather than people, you see, my, my argument, or as I see it is, people say they connect people, and I see the opposite I feel it is encouraging them to become isolated. I also talk to university students at universities, and even in some of the student accommodation where they're spouting about mental well health, which is my absolute passion, suicide rates unfortunately are so high, it's a real problem in this country. Um, and the student accommodation, some of them don't even have lounges, so that the students are quite happy because they've got their mobile phone but they're going back into their bedroom and they're isolating themselves from real other human interaction and as you know just by listening to the tone of the voice by looking at someone in the eye we can tell so much more about them I've also on my website which is www.mobilefreeme I've put um, there's a poignant picture of a little girl looking down looking lost and you can see the text message between her and her parent and it says hi darling you fine and she says, "Yeah, everything's great." And then, in brackets, "No, not at all." Now, that parent got that text. Yeah, fine, everything's fine. And yet, the child just has con- conversed in the way that she knows will get will be okay and placate her parent. And in fact, I was speaking with my twenty-year-old son, Harry, um, on a radio show, and he very eloquently. Explained that their online persona with their friends is totally different from their real character in real life, and in fact, the online persona is pretty well developed. Um, but does it relate that well to who they actually are? Possibly not. So, that's actually from the horse's mouth, as it were. Um, and I'm all about being human, being in touch with yourself, and knowing what your inner strengths are, your inner voice, so that when you are knocked off kilter, like I was with my dizziness and, you know, the drama of it all, I knew I was being knocked off kilter and I could do something about it. And um, stopping WhatsApp and stopping social media and stopping all those sort of things immediately put me into focus of me, which I believe, you know, so by being a role model, I can show that, the kids can do it too. And they seem interested after talks. They do seek me out to ask me how.
0: So you're saying that our obsession with cell phones is affecting the way children communicate and that could possibly extend into adulthood how they communicate and can they be authentic and have heart-to-heart communication. So how would it affect somebody's life path?
1: I'm liking this discussion. Where you've actually we're, you've opened a conversation that I haven't had the opportunity to, to explore. So thank you very much. I feel and what I see is obviously we are turning into a swipe left uh, society. Youngsters are even finding their, um, you know, boyfriends, girlfriends, friends online, um, and not so much in real life. And then that continues up the the um, the age group to dating apps, for instance, can be very, very fantastic for very busy people. I know that. Um, We are sort of looking at the behavior being ingrained at an early age, which is my worry. Um, Oh, and I was just going to bring in a real key point there, and it's gone. So I'm sorry for the moment. Um, Is there anything you can add on that?
0: Well, I mean, so I'm imagining that this can affect how they communicate with people and how they... Ah. Uh, Can connect with people, the energy of people, as you say, and being authentic and heart to heart, which to me is the way of um, having good relationships or running a country well or discussing with foreign leaders. I mean, I should think it's essential for the future of our planet.
1: Which bit is essential? The bit that is essential that I understand from what you've just said and I totally agree with is the heart-to-heart, the face-to-face, the human contact, and that is what I can see that we are losing. When I speak to the youngsters, eye contact is very rare nowadays. I mean, kids now know that I look them in the eye. You know, at first they found it a little bit too confrontational, but all I'm doing is looking at them. All I'm doing is just seeing they're okay. I want to see them. I want them to see me. It's a very... I mean, it sounds so simple. It's ridiculous, but it's not happening that much because they are used to looking down at their screens and dealing with an online persona that, you know, especially on Instagram and and social um, media like that, you know, they they are filtered, photoshopped images of themselves. And um, having been a model, which you mentioned at the beginning, actually is relevant now because... I'm not that person in those pictures. That was my job. And I knew that, and that's what I did. But when when people met me in real life, I knew they'd be meeting me. Um, and then my personality kicked in because, obviously, I'm more than those pictures. But it seems to me the world turned the other way around slightly. And actually, this swipe left society, you don't get a chance to get in your personality because, you know, you don't look right, you're out. And when do we get a chance to talk? My other thing, sorry, I have grabbed the talking stick, but I'll let you have it back in a minute, (laughs) Um, is, oh, gosh, it's gone again. Isn't that terrible? But it's conversation. You know, people don't use their mobile phones to make a call and talk on much. That's that's what's happening over here. You know, they'll text, they'll do all the social media and emails, but, gosh, to actually ring someone, you know, they're like, Mum, really? We don't use phones to talk on, and they don't. And yet, here you and I, I mean, this is a real luxury to be able to have a conversation.
0: Well, I like it when you have your talking stick, so feel free to take it back anytime <laughs> because this is about getting your message out. So, right on. Now, uh, you're talking about photoshopping, which to me means uh, people are focused on the exterior, which is not real called maya in the hindu tradition it's just it's just uh, the physical not real not authentic so here we go again looking at superficial externalities versus the authenticity real things that lie below Mm. Uh, perhaps we'll become a country or a nation of just tweeters
1: (laughs) well you've got you've got the most famous tweeter of them all in your country Um, i know he's our leader (laughs) Well, you know what? You know he has a a direct connection, not communication. I'm not going to give him that. I'm not going to. It's not him. Sorry, I'm not going to give tweeting that. It it it's a connection. I don't feel it's a true communication. Um, although I, I am on Twitter now, you can see uh, find me on mobile free me. So that's hashtag mobile free me. And I started that as part of this is my second year of not having a mobile phone. Um, and I use it from my laptop because I wanted to see, am I a dinosaur or am I not? Do I know what I'm talking about or do I not? And what I see, because I'm very, very involved with um, mental health and mental health charities, is I can see how the youngsters are finding their tribes and the language they're using is pretty out. Well, for me, it's pretty hard or pretty lackluster in emotion or carefulness. Um, I'm not being very eloquent here, but I'm hoping I'm getting the point across. So what I do is I join in those little tweets or conversations as I try and turn them into and just change the wording a little bit to make it more gentle for them or more absorbable for them or just put my stance on it in a careful way, because... You know, words can be powerful, they are powerful, but used just from the hip as a knee jerk reaction um, can cause damage.
0: Yeah, I would like to add on to that. Words are powerful. Words have energy, too. I mean, when you listen to, for example, Canon and D and feel love, et cetera, versus if you get into hate, that's energy that you're transmitting into the planet, and that's energy you're transmitting into your body. So words can be very important. So it's important that we, you know, Use positive words and, you know, that's important. But one interesting thing is if you listen to my interview of Robert Lustig, he was talking about we've got a whole society that dopamine is a neurotransmitter, which is very heavily involved in addiction. And that when, you know, you know, drugs or love or something, we get a dopamine hit. And that's just into pleasure. Whereas if you, you know, sometimes dopamine tends to compete with serotonin, serotonin is more like happiness and what Robert Lustig said is that the companies have designed so that you get a dopamine rush every time you get a ping or you know you get uh, every time you get a like on Facebook it's a dopamine rush which is increasing in addiction and I believe he said that this is intentional to get people addicted you know whether they do that or not you know who knows but it's just uh, you know, it's it's an addiction. It's like an, an opiate addiction, etc. Also, I heard I haven't verified this is that I uh, was Bill Gates and Steve Jobs wouldn't let their kids have you know mm. this stuff until they were in their teens. Sometime, I mean, that's interesting.
1: Oh, it's very interesting. You've got, I've got three points there, and I've kept them in my head, so I haven't made any noise turning over my pages. Um, <laughs> but yes, they do the programmers very cleverly add in to get that dopamine effect it's called the slot machine hesitation so just before you see your notifications of how many likes or messages that you've got there's a split second hesitation so when you look for it next time you'll see it there's a hesitation they can put that information up straight away but they don't deliberately to do exactly what you have said to create that effect Um, and as a well actually he had he was a tech avenger was being interviewed live on air on um actually it was an american channel his mobile went off and he immediately looked down and he just went oh i can't believe i did that because he knows how addictive it all is and so it was proof that they know what they're doing and therefore this is how the tide is turning these youngsters i say youngsters the youngsters that made these sp- first ever programs. And the ones that are continuing to do it now don't have children. The ones where the children's are have now grown up, yes, they're turning the tide, they're become and they're turning tail and they're now tech avengers. And because I heard that terminology when somebody said, Oh, is that what you are? And it's like, no, I'm not a tech avenger. I don't know enough. All I am is I'm a human lover. I love being human and I am going to campaign for us to be as human as possible for as long as possible and our childhoods, the childhoods of our generation need protecting and having them for as long as they can without digital intervention.
0: Well, I can certainly feel that you're coming from the heart and I think that's the best way to to approaches has come from the heart and hope it gets through whatever Mm -hmm. moat they've created around themselves to protect themselves from this so um you you mentioned some of your correspondence that the telecommunication companies have not been forthright about um you know what they're doing you elaborate on that
1: um I, we're talking about cell phones here, aren't we? Because I'm also or tele- I'm, yeah. <laughs> well, telecommunications as well. I, I'm doing a campaign in in England on uh, telephone boxes as well, and there's a few secrets I've uh, found out about there that uh, I'm I'm dealing with at the moment. But we're on cell phones. Um, well, as you said, and as you know, the scientists when they say. You have to have it. Well, they don't say you have to have it away from your body. The scientists know you have to have it away from the body. But for the cell phones to be legal, they they are not cheating. That's what we say. Would we be saying massaging the tests so that it's the amount of uh, it's not five millimetres away from the ear? It's 10 millimetres or something. And you as a scientist know what that effect has on the brain I mean, that is the key, isn't it? You wouldn't put it near your head.
0: Isn't it interesting that they have all these warnings on our cell phones? But listeners, are you aware of this? Do you realize how hard it is to find this in your cell phone that you have to keep it? It used to be the iPad had to be eight inches away from the body. And mothers are giving their toddlers uh, iPads with pictures of mama. I mean, mothers are putting in, you know, there's devices that mothers, uh, to be mothers, can insert in their vagina so Wi-Fi can talk to the infant. There are Wi-Fi generated onesies. There are Wi-Fi generators, remote <clears throat> toys that one uses in the bedroom. this uh, I mean, this is absolutely crazy. But, um, yeah.
1: but So... It's amazing because for me, I'm finding out what I sort of knew in my heart of hearts and what I was being affected with health wise. So to find out all this research now, and I'm doing research for a second book to follow off the hook. But it's interesting because you talked about a health warning, which is a very, you know, researched one. This one I've put in my book and I My book's got quite a lot of humour in it and I just want to read it to you. It says health warning, you know, like they had on cigarette packets back in the day. Now they've just got pictures of bleeding lungs. So you wonder what they'll have pictures of on phones in the future. I I beg to say that they won't dare. But um, just a simple health warning would be good that just would say may cause dependency, can cause constant distraction, bent neck syndrome and inflammation of the thumb joints can give you a full sense of independence and safety. Be aware of EMF side effects, dizziness, and energy loss. It's not a substitute, and this is my angle on it, it's not a substitute for real friends and real conversations. Use in moderation. Think, text responsibly, remember that you are creating a um, a digital footprint. Um, and that is something for our youngsters to take on board. In fact, that's something for everyone to take on board because there is an energy trail that can be followed.
0: Well, interesting. Uh, the city of San Francisco tried to put in warnings on, when, at the point of purchase for cell phones. Uh, the industry fought them. The city eventually won, but... Uh, to, they had to pay the opposing consul, which are, you know, many, many lawyers in very expensive suits. The city would have to pay their legal fees. I understand I could have that wrong. So they couldn't go through. But Berkeley passed a bill, and I've was there, got good footage of it, that, um, you know, th- with a warning for cell phones. And, of course, the industry, telecommunications industry, filed suit saying it's violating the First Amendment rights, which is rights for free speech. And they fought Berkeley all the way. I think Berkeley finally won. So the telecommunication industry comes in pretty heavily trying to prevent this information being obvious but if you look at any of the patents uh such as some of the patents in europe or samsung it says when applying for the patents for their devices that this could cause brain tumors so they know
1: mm. wow they know yeah yeah and i think you know people listening are I, to what you just said they're going yeah we know deep down We do know. I mean, in the last two years, sadly, um, I've been personally affected and lost two friends to brain tumour. And in the past, you know, it was breast cancer. So something is clearly going on. And I know you advocate being responsible for your own health. Um, I've heard you in many interviews say that again and again. And that's what I am bringing Um, and wanting to help the youngsters with um, taking responsibility for their own emotional uh, well-being and their mental well-being. And that all stems from being in center. And for me, cell phones just knock you, knock many off center. Another, Um, I know. Sorry. No, you go ahead. Well, I was just going to say sort of to lead on from that, um, I realised that I needed to find um, a tool that I could talk to children to get through to them on, just to get them to think. I mean, if you did just get them to turn their thoughts and just consider it. And um, While I was doing that year-long experiment, all I could think of was, uh, you know, the Rudyard Kipling poem, If, when all about us, uh, when all about, you know, are losing their heads and blaming it on you. Do you know that poem from 1895? And it's uh, oh you don't oh well okay Uh, can I just read you the first four lines from that because then I'll show you that I've written one called hashtag if okay (laughs) and um, the hashtag if one is a translation of the the genius that is Rudyard Kipling um, which was uh, advice paternal advice to his son going into war and it sets everyone up in life for life. It's just, it's as relevant today as it ever was. Um, so if I just read his then, just to start, but I won't read it all. His is, it starts off, If you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you. If you can trust yourself when all man, men doubt you. Make, but make allowance for their doubting too. If you can wait and not be tired of waiting or be lied about. Don't deal in lies. And it continues like that. So I urge you to, to look it up. And in fact, I might even say, um, <laughs> so I haven't got the talking stick too long. If you, in my book on Off the Hook by Karen Kestrel on page 291, about <laughs> um, I've written hashtag if, and I read this out at a school assembly with the children. But they, they actually read it for me. I'd written it. And I've changed those words to be relevant in today's social media. So it's called Hashtag If. If you can quiet your mind within the noisy digital chatter, be mindful and discern what's actually going on. Know your truth and stay true to yourself always while having compassion for others' views. Take time to digest. No knee-jerk reactions. No instant fix images to be regretted in an unforgotten digital footprint. Do not be persuaded into a texting piranha feast. Be not ego-led nor insecurity led let unfiltered selfies abide and there are another two paragraphs and that got us talking it opened a conversation and in fact the teachers came and spoke to me as well librarians um mums of you know we are coping all of us in a very busy world as you said and our health does suffer and it's not just our physical health. It is our emotional health and our mental health. And that's where I come from. And that's my quest is to still be a role model to show it is doable and that it can be done in this digital day and age and um, to encourage people to just be in tune with their inner world. I think that, that's the heart of it.
0: I think that's so important for the future survival of our planet. With the in with the influx of 5G, the military, I several interviewers told me, has done research as to exactly what frequencies can cause which illness, and that they could aim it at somebody and wow. uh, do whatever. That um, also, you can look up active denial on the internet, and that information of using it as a crowd control weapon is there also researchers say it's going to be used to control us i mean to observe us 24/7 it's, i suspect when this when they finally get around to saving the planet and climate control they will do it by you know monitoring our usage but they're going to monitor everything we do there's an interesting film done by ITV called the chinese digital gulag and they showed that each person could be monitored every second their facial expression and what they said. And if they said the wrong thing, the Wiggums in Western China ended up in these education camps, which they couldn't get out of. So this it's so important that we be mindful because some researchers even told me that they could uh, send thoughts and emotions through this technology. But the world is in such a hurry to get this upon us. I mean, interesting hearing Boris Johnson, the new prime minister of UK, saying this could be evil. Are they calling us? It's pretty uh, risky thing for a world leader to say, but you know we've got to stop and th- listen and think because and I think the only thing that's going to save us is, as you're saying, is connecting with our heart, connecting with our inner soul, connecting with other people's souls, the spiritual, the bigger than us. I think that connection is the only thing that's you know might slow down whatever it is they have planned. Another interesting thing is, well, if cell phones are so safe, won't they have insurance? Oh no. No insurance company will, uh, you know, give insurance to the telecommunication companies. Insurance companies aren't dumb. They do the statistics. They have the actuary data. They know there's going to be a lot of lawsuits coming down the pike, and the, they won't give telecommunications industry or cell phone companies insurance. Does that say something? But I have a question. What is it that you've learned about these communication boxes in the UK? I think our audience is dying to know.
1: <laughs> you mean in my year-long what I've discovered? I just that firstly they are not required as to go in your handbag as part of your everyday life. You do not need them. We have other digital platforms. We have, a, you know laptops, computers. So it is perfectly doable. It wasn't easy. I did have some adventures along the way. I used to, my favorite color was sludge, sort of, you know, that sludgy gray color. That's my palette. Um, But because I had to, on one occasion, meet a friend in Tel Aviv airport, which frightened me because I'd never been there before. She was flying in from another country. We had about like 45 minutes to oh, to try and find each other. Um, I dressed in the brightest colours I could find and just said, "Darling, look for somebody wearing yellow and pink." And that's that is me now. If I'm I'm the person in the room wearing the brightest colours because I still don't use my phone and people have to find me. Um, but you do find that you you just get much better at logistics and just saying, "Okay, I'm going to meet you there." And as my godson said, "Oh God, no bailout!" And I went, "What do you mean, no bailout?" And he said, well, you know, with a text, it's so easy just go. oh, yeah, I'll be 10 minutes late or I'm running late or actually I've changed my mind because you don't have to say it in person. You don't have to look them in the eye and be that rude and say, actually, I'm not coming. So uh, there's just so many advantages. I mean, I hope you can actually hear how enthused I am about it. And and also because I was so nervous to come on your uh, show, Dr. Susan, because, you know, you're a scientist, and I'm not. I'm just a lab rat. And I, it, oh, I keep losing. That's why I'm nervous. Uh, why am I nervous? Because it means a lot to me. But I'm, I'm nervous. I can't remember why I'm nervous. Isn't that terrible? That's short-term memory loss. Hey-ho. No, it isn't. It's loss of concentration and wanting to say a lot of things that I haven't said. And I want to get – I suppose it's – I'm trying to impress you by saying serious stuff. And yet, really, it's just the simple stuff that is the big game changer. You know, if you can go home or people listening, go home and actually are you being a good role model for your kids? Are you talking to them? Or is daddy always on the phone or mummy because work, 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 you know, boundaries, encourage boundaries at home. Please encourage boundaries at home, but not just physical boundaries of, oh, you know, put them in the phone box. By the way, I'm, I'm tri- trialing at the moment um, a phone locker safe. And in fact, I'm getting great feedback on that um, from a very reluctant person. Uh, particular latest one 15 year old and the mother who said what do I do with him what do I do with him and I said well take this box and would you try it and give you know just see how it goes and she came back said it's a miracle she said it was so easy he's he started putting his phone in there and then he after the third day he forgot he put it in there and actually he found it quite a relief that he could put it away and lock it away and knew it was safe so there are small practical tips that I give on uh, my website which is mobilefree.me um I Really, actually, I'm trying this year to increase my curiosity and find out from other people what their relationships are with their phones and what they mean to them. Because at the moment, we're talking about, as you just said, the little black box or a cell phone or whatever. But what it ain't, what it seriously isn't, it's not a telephone to call people and talk to people on, Um and in the questionnaire so far, which if you go to the website, it, she I've made it very easy, just click on the top. And I would really appreciate it because it's research that we I can't afford. It's research that many people can't afford. Um, and yet it's giving us a truer picture of how people are finding it and whether, I mean, I'm getting words like anxiety, stress. Um, and I just read this afternoon, you know, vulnerable again, those are my three top Words that I get back a lot from teenagers. That's the truth of the matter. And when I do get passionate and angry, or you know, which I, sh- I shouldn't get angry, I should. But I am passionate about this because there are lives on the line here. Um, is when, for instance, I heard on a radio station recently, the Jeremy Vine show in, in England, and um, U- Oxford University were being interviewed, and they'd done a, a research on twelve thousand students, and they came up with the results. Da da only 0.4% of students were affected detrimentally by social media. Well, you know, you can bleep out what I'm thinking because that is not true. That is not true according to what I'm getting back. That's not true according to the figures of um, suicide. And we, as you know with research, and I don't have the experience and you do, It costs a lot of money. I have, uh, you know, professors at universities that I spoke to and she actually listened to that interview and she went, well, who paid for that particular research? You know, go figure. So that's why I really need to build a bigger picture on that. So if you if anyone could just take two minutes and and tell me you love your phone. If you do tell me if you can swap to a dumb phone. I have asked some key questions. Are you addicted? You know, 33 percent say yes. Yes. 33% 33% say, yes, they are addicted. That's that's a, a big number. Um, and we need to be doing something about that. So I suppose I started this journey from a f- an emotional place as well as, as well as physical ill health. But I'm going to continue this journey as I am now, more on the emotional side. And what you've given me today is such um, understanding of, Stress is a a killer, let alone the radiation, let alone the facts of the matter. So those facts must get out there. And I want to team up with others like the EMF Aware Societies. Anyone who wants to join forces with me, please contact me at wfree.me. And um, I want to build a mobile-free movement because at the moment on the the back of many airline uh, seats it says i've just seen the latest hashtag and it says smartphones are good and i would oh yeah i know but i would leave uh, you know if i would leave you with a thought my thought is hashtag smartphones are optional they are only optional and again on my website i talk about refine and define you know check out what does your mobile mean to you do you need it okay so what type of a phone and you can do your digital uh, decluttering, detoxing I call it digital ho- digital housekeeping and at the end of the day you know you may find that you can survive with a, a holiday phone which is a dumb phone, a flip phone and that will do you um, you know you've really got to take responsibility for your own mental wealth and yeah. that wasn't that wasn't a misinterpretation I just kept felt saying wealth it's mental wealth. As well, well, as well as mental health.
0: Um, another study that I forgot to mention is the American Toxicology Study, which I think they put $30 million into, which the Food and Drug Administration requested to be done. It came out, I believe, showing that there is a connection between cell phone use and brain tumors and heart swanomas. Yeah. Why haven't we heard about the study? But I'd also like to impress upon the listener, it's not only cell phones. It's Wi-Fi stations, Wi-Fi this, Wi-Fi that. Uh, um, Stephen Sinatra, whom I interviewed on this show, his son became deathly ill. Now, he's a famous cardiologist in the U.S. and has access to every medical facility and mind in the world. And couldn't figure out why his son lost half of his weight and got deathly ill, then got better. Went home. Got sick again. Uh, Dr. Sinatra was pulling out his hair. Why is this happening? I'm a physician. Everybody, I know all the experts that can help. Turns out his illness was connected to a Wi-Fi base in a in the neighboring apartment where he mm-hmm. had his bed near. So it's more than cell phones. It's Wi-Fi. We can consider yeah. turning our Wi-Fi off at night or having, like I do, Ethernet connections. It's more than just a cell phone. It's this whole thing. Now, Karen, we have three minutes left. So I would like to give you the talking stick and <laughs> wrap it up on anything you want the listener to know. That, and, you know, and how to contact you, you can re-emphasize that as well.
1: Okay. Well, I would just like to say that you've heard my journey. Well, you haven't heard my journey. If anyone would be like to read my journey on um, in my book, Off the Hook, by Karen Kestrel um, at Amazon, um, it's pretty funny. You will laugh a lot, and you can just dip in and out of it. But it does show you how you can cope with or without one. And it's just that neat gritty of everyday life you know the parking meters uh, having change on you or not having change on you uh, s- stuff like that just to get you thinking i mean that's how i, I say on the front i've burnt my digital bra and set off as a trailblazer in search of true connection and that's how i feel it's all about um On my website, w.mobilefree.me, I would love it. I mean, if people would contact me and let me know if I can help them at all. Um, I do do talks in schools. We talk to the kids about finding their centre, knowing their heart. And, um, yeah, the questionnaire and... Oh, there's so many other things. Jim, can I just give a big shout out to um, Jim Steyer, James P. Steyer, but I think he's called Jim now, um, who I've got his book now, The Other Parent. I got an original copy that was written 20 years ago. And, you know, he's doing amazing work with his uh, company, Common Sense Media. Um, And the book I'm reading at the moment, Brian Brazier, Face to Face, The Art of Human Connection. It's all important. It's all out there. We just need to know that we're not alone and we can do something about it. We can step away from these potentially lethal handsets, cell phones, mobile phones and choose something else. And I say, please choose yourself
0: the um, yeah, wrapping up, uh, this is a very important message. It, I mean, to me, it's based on heart to heart, authenticity, finding our inner self and mindfulness, um, connecting with what's really deep and important versus what's superficial and fleeting and addictive. And I think the survival of our planet depends on us connecting with our hearts, connecting with each other, and with a higher source, which I think well, could have some of the answers to some of the very serious challenges our planet is facing. And also, as mentioned, there are health risks. So I advise a listener to do your own research, look online, get information. My film, Toxified, will be coming out. Uh, my film, um, The Big Secret, was censored by Amazon Prime at the request of Congressman was it Adam Schiff, who's a great American health expert that knows more than all the health experts in this big secret. But anyway, do your research, share your research. Let's come together heart to heart, connect with the higher power, so maybe we can help um, direct the future of our planet. So thank you, Karen.
1: Thank Be you well. so much, Doc. You too. Thank you.